Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we got Week 10 to preview. Uh, the season is going way too damn fast, but the good news is we got seven games here, and I would say at least five of them are really, really interesting in some form or fashion. Uh, how are you, sir? Are you ready? All I'm hearing this week is that Week 10 is not really that exciting nationally, but then I look at the ACC schedule and I'm like, man, there are a lot of really interesting games on the slate here. Yeah, this is where some of these teams can really start to separate themselves from the others and right back into the other packs because most of the ACC seems like kind of the same team. So um, we're going to learn some things about these teams that are contradictory to things that we've learned in other other weeks, and it's just, it just kind of been that kind of season. But... At the very least, uh, it's made for some interesting results here so far. So, again, we've got seven games to preview here. Five of them are conference games. Another one is a non-conference game involving Notre Dame. And then there's an FCS slaughter on on tap. And as much as we've had a couple of FCS games that have gone completely sideways from what we thought they would do, I I just can't imagine this one doing that. But we will get, that, get to that here in a little while. Uh, let's start off here, Mike. A, uh, a an all time classic, an ACC just a staple here. Three thirty p.m. on ABC. Mike, this is the Miami Florida State game. The Miami Hurricanes, a three and a half point underdog in Tallahassee. What you're going to find here, Mike, as we go through these, there's a theme in a few of these games, and that is line movement. We sit here recording Tuesday evening. Uh, Astros going into the bottom of the ninth of Game 6 of the World Series. I just have a feeling this is going to be posted after Game 7, which is inevitably going to happen on Wednesday. But the long and short of it is these lines came out as one thing on Sunday, and a lot of them are moving. This one in particular, Miami opened as a six-point underdog. It's down to three and a half, um, and I wish it had stayed at six because I really liked Miami at that number. Three and a half, a little, uh, a little less so, but at the end of the day, I... I don't know that Florida State has could have a better chance in this game than playing this game at home, getting Miami off another road game, all this. You know, we've heard Cam talk about this game how many years in a row that it is just not like other games. I, you know, I, I tend to like Florida State here. I don't love laying a bunch of points, though. I think I might just take a money line. Um, I like Florida State to win. I'm with you. Like, that number stayed at six. I really liked Miami. I don't. Look, I mean, Florida State was like a 10.5-point favorite last weekend. Obviously, they covered the spread, and I said in the preview that I wasn't confident with Florida State covering a double-digit spread at any point, really, uh, this year. I mean, even though Florida State's kind of been on the 
uptick, I would say, compared to last year. I just they're still a hard team to trust, right? I mean, there's a lot of holes on the offensive line. Um, quarterback play has been kind of up and down. Defense has been an issue at times. So there's just there's kind of a lot going on here. Um, but with all that being said, like Florida State money line seems like a pretty safe bet here. I mean, Miami doesn't really know who they're playing at quarterback. Defense hasn't really been all that good. Um, Florida State seems to be clicking a little bit now on offense. And at the very least, you know what you're going to get at the running back position. When I look at Miami right now offensively, I don't really know where, they're, where the offense is going to come from consistently, um, mostly because I don't know who's going to start a quarterback on a regular basis. The running game in of itself has been an issue all year long. They've been kind of shuffling in that department, uh, trying to replace all the guys who they've had at, at the skill positions in recent years. They just really haven't been able to get a consistent running game going. Um, you know, when you look at the passing game overall, I trust Florida State a little bit more no matter who they start, whether it's Alex Hornibrook or James Blackman. My assumption would be it, it once again would be Hornibrook at quarterback. Um, Blackman did play a little bit last weekend. There's just more trust for me right now in Florida State than there is in Miami. Um, Miami's just not playing nearly consistently enough on either side of the football. They've been playing more recently like one of the worst teams in the ACC rather than the team that a lot of people expected to contend in the Coastal Division. Um, this is just not a really good spot for them, in my opinion. Um, even though they won the game last weekend against Pitt, they probably shouldn't have. Uh, you know, you steal that one, but now you're going up against a Florida State team that, in my opinion, is better than Pittsburgh. So I'm going to take Florida State at home here. I'm going to take a money line. I'm not going to bet the line straight up. I guess for purposes of this podcast, I'll take Florida State to cover. Um, and I, and I'll, I guess Miami inside a touchdown is a pretty safe bet. But that over under at 46 and a half, to be honest with you, Joey, I don't hate the under. Um, I, look, as bad as the defenses have been for both teams, the offenses have not been all that overwhelming either. So it's just one of those deals where, you know, I think I ride with the defenses there and take the under, but I think I'm just going to bet Florida State the line to win this game outright. I would say that Florida State's defense has been improving, though. And and you might correlate that around the time that Florida State hired Jim Levitt as an analyst. Their defense started improving, and it seems like it's getting better. It's not great. It's not the 85 Bears. You're not going to mistake them for like a, a significantly impressive unit, but it's not, it's not the liability that it felt like it was maybe four to six weeks ago, right? So... There's some improvement there. This is just, to me, I feel like this is a low-scoring game. That total, again, was, it opened at, what, like 50, and it's down to, like, you know, 46 and a half? Yeah, it's down four points already in, like, two days. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've talked about in, in, in previous weeks that these teams, in a lot of ways, feel a little bit like that Spider-Man meme of these two guys that are just, like, the same team pointing at each other. I mean, these teams both have pretty bad offensive lines. Yeah, yeah. Finger finger guns up, you know, the whole thing. Two bad offensive lines, two really questionable back-and-forth iffy quarterback situations, a bunch of skill talent that seems like it gets wasted a lot of times, defenses that are very talented and very capable that seem to underperform in some way or another. Like, you know, it, knowing what Florida State's offensive line is, Miami's going to be able to get after Hornybrook or Blackman. It doesn't matter. And knowing what Miami's offensive line is, Florida State's going to be able to get after Nikosi Perry or Jaron Williams. And so there's just a lot of, I don't really know how the offenses are going to move the ball in this game. I, 
I feel better about Florida State lately. The offense at least seems to be gelling a little bit, which is more than I can say about Miami. I mean, Miami just won a game by changing quarterbacks deep in the fourth quarter and scoring to make it, you know, 16 to 12. Like, is that good? No. So I, I'm i going to lean with Florida State here, but it, it, from a gambling perspective, I guess, you know, it's a rivalry game. I think you just stick with Miami here, take the points. You know, maybe something gets weird, maybe it's a close game or something, but give me Miami and the points, and I, I think Florida State wins outright at, at home in Tallahassee. I think they've been better lately, but that's – I don't really know. This is this is a uh, – I think this is a game to watch for ACC fans to figure out, yep. you know, because this is impactful for both teams trying to make a bowl game and, and position themselves a little bit. Not to mention, it's just one of the most intense rivalry games in the ACC all year. So, you know, there's that. It took everything in Miami's power to score 12 points against Pittsburgh. I'm not taking them against any spread right now. This is like, I mean, I guess it's a rivalry game, but good Lord, man. That was so ugly last Saturday. I just, oh, man, I, I don't know. There's another game with a really weird line that we'll talk about in a bit that I have some opinions about, but... Yeah, I'm just going to lean Florida State money line. The spread seems weird. I'm just going to stay away from that. I think Florida State's a better team. Just take them to win outright and be done with it. So you don't have a spread pick here? No, I mean, I do. I, for purposes of this podcast, I do. Like, I'm taking Florida State minus right. three. But um, for me betting this weekend, it'll just be Florida State money line if I bet it. I would have felt a lot better about, again, the, the plus six and a half or whatever it was when it opened. But. Again, it's it's three and a half now, and that's much more dicey in my mind. But in any case, okay, we disagree. I'm on Miami. You're on Florida State there on the, uh, you know, Florida State minus three and a half line. Uh, but I think we both agree, under 46 and a half. And again, that number continues to fall. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, get on that now. Yep. All right. Let's keep moving here. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network, the Virginia Cavaliers a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Chapel Hill against the North Carolina Tar Heels. And again, Mike, speaking of lines that have moved, this opened as a pick and has since fallen. Uh, Virginia now a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I kind of liked North Carolina as a pick a lot. It seems like Vegas is wising up, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, you, I mean, basically, you're, you're sitting here trying to bet on do you like Virginia outright or not. And what I've seen from their offense three the last four weeks, I really, really don't, I don't think. Yeah, again, I mean, I'm going to lean with the team who's playing better football right now, not the not the team who's been, you know, better throughout the course of the year. It's just been the last three or four weeks, North Carolina's been playing better football than Virginia. That's why I'm taking North Carolina here. Um, North Carolina, I mean, I see it as North Carolina minus one and a half. Like you said, the spread's kind of been all over the place anywhere from a pick to UNC by a point or two. Um, I, I'm taking Carolina here at home. It's another one of those games where the Tar Heels, you know, the last few weeks have been trying to get it together. You know, they lose in six overtimes to Virginia Tech. They come back. They win a, a thriller against North Carolina last weekend in a rivalry game, a really hard-nosed, tough game. Um, Carolina's just playing better football on both sides of football right now Virginia offensively has really been disappointing the last few weeks the offensive line's been an issue you know running the football continues to be a really tough issue but 
it's one of those things that, you know, defensively speaking, Virginia, you know, they lose Bryce Hall. They lose Jordan Mack. They're banged up on that side of the football. And the offense just hasn't been as consistent as you'd like. So, you know, while I would have picked this as, you know, Virginia going away maybe a month ago, I'm looking at this now and I'm thinking, you know, how can you not pick North Carolina with how the two teams have played more recently? So I'm going to take the Tar Heels and, you know, if Virginia wins, then, you know, maybe they're back, they're back in the mix, you know, in the ACC, they'd be six and three, they'd be four and two in conference play. And all of a sudden maybe they'd once again be the team to beat in the coastal division. I don't know, but you know, I'm going to take North Carolina. This game is just as big for the Tar Heels as it is for UVA and UNC at home playing better football right now. I think there's, you know, no reason to, pick against them at the moment, uh, especially considering the way Virginia has struggled over the last month or so. Um, one of the things that strikes my interest here is the totals 47. That feels a little bit low. Um, but yeah, one of the things that we talked about, Mike, last week with Virginia's game against Louisville was feeling like Louisville was in a better position than Duke was the week before to take advantage of some of the injuries that Virginia has seen in the secondary, specifically with Bryce Hall. And then the game was played in like a monsoon, and so Louisville was in no place to take advantage of that, given Louisville only threw like 14 passes the whole game. Yep. Weather report right now in Chapel Hill for this game on Saturday is 63, mostly sunny, 10% chance of rain, 3 mile an hour winds. So if North Carolina wants Sam Howell airing it out to Daz Newsom and them boys, uh, they're going to do it. And I, I I wonder if Virginia really has any answers there in the secondary for North Carolina. Two and a half points at home is not that much. Um, I I'm with you. I like the Tar Heels. I, I think there's ways that they can they can beat this team. The defense hasn't been great, but it doesn't have to be great right now to stop what has been a very inept Virginia offense for the past yep. month. Yep. And I will reiterate. They scored 48 points against Duke. Most of that, they did that while, while racking up barely over 300 yards. Like, that should tell you that there was a lot of flukiness there. There was a kickoff return for a touchdown. There were multiple short fields. I think two out of six touchdowns came on drives of 50 yards or more. Like, I don't believe in this team's ability to sustain drives and create big plays and be efficient on offense right now. North Carolina's defense, again, not fantastic, but not terrible. I, th- I think they're going to have an easy time here. Give me North Carolina minus the two and a half. I think the Tar Heels are able to roll here. I'm with you. No, no counter arguments, no disagreements. We're just on the same page here. So far. What could go wrong? All right, Mike, let's move on. 2.30 p.m. on the NBC network. And, yes, this is 2.30 Eastern, not 3.30 Nothing like that. This is like the classic 2.30 Eastern slot. NBC, your Virginia Tech Hokies, a 17.5 point road underdog in South Bend against the number 16 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Irish coming off of a pretty rough beatdown against Michigan. Your Hokies coming off the bye week. 17.5 is a lot. You feeling good about the Hokies here, Mike? In what sense? To cover? Maybe. Um, <laughs> to win this game? No, absolutely not. Um, Notre Dame is a different football program than Virginia Tech is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Virginia Tech can certainly cover. It seems like Hendon Hooker is going to play, which is good news for Virginia Tech. 
So you know, let, me, let, me, let me ask that. Who's who's starting at court? Like, what does the Virginia Tech depth chart look like at quarterback right now? Hendon Hooker, Quincy Patterson, Ryan Willis. Um, hmm. The only way it wasn't going to be Hendon Hooker starting was if he couldn't go. Um, Quincy Patterson, for all he did against UNC, like he cannot throw the football consistently enough to be the starting quarterback at this point. Um, so it was all a matter of Hendon Hooker playing or being healthy enough to play. He's practicing, and you know Justin Fuente said today that all looks good for him to be a starter this weekend. So that's good news for Virginia Tech. They're a more well-rounded team when he's playing quarterback. Uh, Virginia Tech offensively, by the way, Joey, one of the best offenses in the country when Hendon Hooker's been the starting quarterback. Their yards per play has been very good. Uh, points per drive has been one of the top in the conference, only behind really like Clemson and Wake Forest. So they've been a, a very good offense as long as Hendon Hooker's been in. Um, this is a different team when Hooker's playing quarterback because they're not turning the ball over as much. They're running the football more efficiently, and the passing game, as a result of the running game being more efficient, the passing game has benefited from that as well. Uh, and in turn, Joey, that has helped the defense be a bit more uh, consistent on that side of the football as well. So it's all about playing complementary football. I'll, would have thought? I'll throw in there if I can. As much as I have made fun of Virginia Tech running the ball way more than they've passed it and clearly being better at throwing the ball. They have done that with Ryan Willis at quarterback, who is better at throwing the ball. If they do that with Hendon Hooker or Quincy Patterson, who is clearly better at running the ball, this might be a completely different discussion. Right. No, no, totally agree. You're right. Um, And that's why, you know, even though they've run the ball a bit more than expected, um, at least at the outset of the season, over the last couple of weeks, it's because of who they have at the quarterback position and operating uh, under center. So this is what they had to do. The offense has adapted. I give a lot of credit to Brad Cornelson, the offensive coordinator. As critical as I've been of him at times, he's been very good the last couple of weeks um, adapting to a quarterback who fits his system. You know, the play calling in most cases has made a lot of sense. In some cases, you're left wondering why he ran the play that he ran, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's looked a lot better offensively, Joey, for the Hokies. On the flip side, Notre Dame looked so bad in Ann Arbor last Saturday. So, so bad. They had a game plan to run the football, um, and once they couldn't do that, they were like, okay, let's throw the football, whatever it was, like 28, 29 times in absolute monsoon. It didn't work out on Saturday. It didn't work out a couple of years ago against NC State, the year that Notre Dame went 4-8. and eight. It didn't even really work out against Clemson in the 2015 season when um, Notre Dame went back and forth with them and what was an outstanding game uh, in Death Valley. So Brian Kelly has a history of not having the best track record uh, when the weather conditions are bad and his game plan doesn't adapt accordingly. The same was the case against Michigan. I was surprised ND lost as badly as they did, but I still think they're a good football team. They're not playoff good, but they're good enough to – potentially run the table and make a new year six. Um, if not a nine and three season is still in the cards. Um, Notre Dame wins this game, Joey. Um, I think they do it rather comfortably. Notre Dame's defense, despite what you saw against Michigan, I still believe is very good. Virginia tech, while they're making strides and steadily improving, I still don't think they're on Notre Dame's level. Notre Dame's one of those teams that, like I said, is a new year six team probably. And if not, they're, just outside of that and still playing in a pretty big bowl game right before the holidays. Um, Virginia Tech's not really on that level right now. They're an eight and four program in the ACC, which has become one of the worst programs or one of the worst conferences in the power five. 
Um, Notre Dame's only two losses this year to Georgia in a close game and to Michigan, and Michigan's still decent no matter what anybody tells you. So Both of those I'll games on the road, by the way. Yes, this is, this is true. Um, look, I'm not betting this game with the line the way that it is. Virginia Tech's been too inconsistent on both sides of the football for me to be confident one way or another. But for purposes of this podcast, Joey, I will take Notre Dame to win quite comfortably. I'll take Virginia Tech to maybe backdoor cover. This feels like the game against UVA a little bit for Notre Dame, where like I'm, UVA is a better team than Virginia Tech, or at least was at the time Notre Dame played them. Um, so I think that game could take a similar trajectory where Notre Dame plays it. Uh, Virginia Tech plays Notre Dame close early, but Notre Dame pulls away late and, and gets it done against the spread. But for purposes of this podcast and because I'm a Virginia Tech alum, Joey, I will take Virginia Tech to cover here. I'm going to ride with you here, Mike. Uh, Virginia Tech, 17 and a half is just a lot of points. And especially if Virginia Tech is figuring some stuff out on offense, I like them to score enough to keep this within 17 and a half, really. Um, Notre Dame, of, of course, coming off a, a rough loss. There, there's a lot of emotional stuff to pick yourself up off of. Um, at the end of the day, I, Notre Dame is going to be able to score on this Hokies defense as well as just about anybody that Virginia Tech has seen so far this year. Um, so I don't struggle to see them getting some separation to some degree, but at the same time, I think Virginia Tech is going to be able to make this respectable uh, at the very least. Um, I, I see this being anywhere between like a 7, 10, 14 point game where, again, clearly within the margin, but I, I don't think that this is really going to be a last minute Notre Dame having to recover an onside kick to make sure that Virginia Tech doesn't have a chance to win the game. I mean, I don't think it's that. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to, again, their offense is going to be good enough that Virginia Tech's defense still has enough issues. They're going to move the ball. The defense is probably going to give Virginia Tech some issues, but it seems like the Hokies really have something going on offense here recently. They've got a little bit of identity that they're figuring out, and they're going to have something to go back to there. So let's take the Hokies plus the 17.5, but I I agree with you, Notre Dame outright uh, to win the game. So uh, I think we, uh, we tend to agree here. Total's 58, by the way. Uh, I don't really have opinions on that. I'm going to say under. Uh, Virginia Tech's defense has played better. I don't know if they're good enough to stop Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's defense, I don't think they're quite as bad as they showed against Michigan uh, last Saturday. Notre Dame's defense overall this year has been pretty good. Yeah. Virginia Tech's offense, if anything, has been quite inconsistent. They've been better with Hendon Hooker, but overall this year they have not been very good. Um I would lean under here, especially with Notre Dame's lack of explosive plays in the passing game. And, you know, Virginia Tech has actually been stopping the run a little bit better uh, in the last few weeks for what it's worth. So, I don't know. I'll take the under. We'll see. What is the implied score here? It's like 38 to 20. 38-20 Notre Dame? Yeah, that feels about right, doesn't it? It feels like too much. I, I, that makes me feel better about the Virginia Tech spread. From a point standpoint, I don't, I don't know that I really have opinions on it. I, it could go over, it could go under. I'd, I'd be okay either way and understanding. But um, I don't think Virginia Tech is just going to get blown out here. I don't think. Especially I hope- com- coming off the bye week and the whole thing, I really don't think that's going to happen. 
I hope not. I just watched Notre Dame come off a bye week and get housed by Michigan, though, so I'm kind of indifferent to that at this point, unfortunately. Can't wait to be re-listening to this on, like, Monday and figuring out why Virginia Tech lost this game, like, 48-14 or something stupid like that. It's just the ACC. Just let it go. Notre Dame is... New podcast motto? What's up? New podcast motto? It's just the ACC. It's just the ACC. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we're at. Uh, Yep. All right. We're both on Virginia Tech plus the points, Notre Dame outright. I guess maybe under the total, but really just probably leave that alone. Yep. Noon on ESPN. NC State, a seven and a half point road dog. They got to make the long winding trek to Winston-Salem, Mike. They're taking on the number 23 Wake Forest, Steeman Deeks. Total is 60 here. Wake Forest, 6-1. and one. <laughs> There are two ACC teams that are bowl eligible right now, and one of them is Clemson, the other one's Wake Forest. This feels like a critical game for NC State. Um, they, they have not been in a good way lately. They're beat up. The defense has been decent. The offense has been not decent and i i mean there's a reason that wake forest is now outward you know a a a favorite of more than a touchdown in this game mike and i i feel like that's really kind of telling here joey i Mm -hmm. love wake forest here Ooh, i love wake forest here nc state has done nothing at any point in the season to make me believe that they're good enough to stay on the field of wake forest Offensively, NC State has been a work in progress all year long. They continue to be a work in progress. And defensively, Joey, NC State has not been all that good. Um, Now, Wake Forest defense hasn't been that good. But with that being said, I'm not sure NC State's offense can score enough, even with with Wake Forest defense not being great. Wake Forest offense, on the other hand, come off a bye week, get a little healthier, maybe get Jamie Newman back. If not, you still have Sam Hartman in the fold. He's been pretty good. I like Wake here, Joey. Seven and a half doesn't feel like enough. Wake Forest is at home. Um, you can pick that two or three points any direction. I like I like the Steam and Deeks to get this thing done against NC State, Joey. There's not much I've seen in the Wolfpack to inspire a whole lot of confidence right now. Even though seven and a half might feel like a lot for a team in Wake Forest, it has one of the worst defenses in the FBS. I just don't feel like NC State has enough offense to stay on the field with a Wake Forest offense that's been pretty con- pretty darn consistent all year long. So uh, give me the Demon Deacons here to win and cover. I think they win this game by 10 to 14 points. NC State's offense really has been pretty dreadful of late. Um, I mean, you, you look at the last three games at Florida State, home against Syracuse, at Boston College. I mean, they won one of these games. They scored 13, 16, and 24 points in those three games. Uh, that that's not going to get it done. This Wake Forest team can score against pretty much anybody. Um, I say pretty much anybody because they, I don't think they can score against Clemson. We'll find that out. But other than that in the ACC, they can score against pretty much anybody here. And NC State's defense has had some moments where they've done some really good things. But, I mean, put it this way. This is a team that at home beat Syracuse by six. I... I I don't have any reason to trust the Wolfpack here. Um, I talked a lot of trash about Dave Doran and this coaching staff in the offseason. And, it, you know, saying that basically this is your shot. You know, you're restarting on offense entirely. You lost Ryan Finley. 
You lost, I don't remember, there were multiple wide receivers you lost. You lost Jalen Samuels. You lost your offensive coordinator, Eli Drinkwitz. You're starting over. Show me how good of a team you are. NC State's 4-3 and three with five games left. I'm not so sure they're making a bowl game. Put it that way. They need to win two out of five to close the year. I don't think they can do it at this point. I don't feel good about the Wolfpack. I don't either. I don't feel good about them. Um, going on the road, there's a reason, again, that Wake is like a – Outside of a touchdown favorite, I wish it was inside of a touchdown. This might have been another one that, that moved a bunch. Let me look here real quick. But I I like where Wake Forest is at. Um, I, we don't know necessarily whether Jamie Newman's going to play, but in a weird way, I don't know if it matters. Sam Hartman, it matters. Sam Hartman can beat NC State by 10 points, I bet. Yep. Give the ball to Sage Surratt, Scotty Washington. Cade, Cade Carney, them boys, like, they can do it. Jamie Newman, or not Jamie Newman, uh, who am I thinking of? Kendall Hinton. Yeah, it is. Kendall Hinton, that former quarterback. I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. Wake Forest, it, the hook on the seven, I don't love it, but, yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't even think about it. If Wake Forest gets up by 17 points in this game, it's over. It's and, over. NC State can't score. Yeah, they can't. I, it's Don't worry about the hook. Don't worry about the hook. Hook doesn't matter. Total 60. Leave that alone. NC State may just not score at all. But if they do start scoring, the over's in jeopardy. (laughs) Or the under's in jeopardy, I guess. They could go over if they start scoring. I was going to say, if Wake won this game like 42-17, would it shock you? Nope. That would be under. It would. It would. It'd be closer than you want it to be, though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, That would would be sweating it there at the end. But, yeah, I mean – this could be a blowout where Wake wins this game and it still doesn't go over. So I'd leave that total alone if I'm if I'm really considering putting money on any of these games. Which, for the record, not a good idea at this point. Unless you're me. <laughs> Unless you've been on the heater to end all heaters. Uh, like it's good to be me, Joey. Mr. Mike McDaniel this year, my goodness. All right, uh, both of us on Wake Forest minus a seven and a half. We agree on three out of four games so far, and I feel like we're about to agree on four out of five. Uh, four o'clock on the ACC Network Extra, which at this point, I think we can all all agree is just like your regional Fox Sports Network, or you know, some you know CW my sixty nine whatever number. My sixty nine, very oh, yeah. nice, nice. Very nice. Uh, the Pitt Panthers, a seven and a half point favorite on the road, taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Mike, it is homecoming in Atlanta. This game opened at nine. Uh, it is down to seven and a half. The total opened at forty-seven. It's down to forty-four and a half. More than anything in this game, Mike, take the under. Under, baby. Under, under. Go. Uh, I was going to say, Pitt's offense decidedly bad. Yep. Georgia Tech's offense. Pretty much decidedly bad. Maybe getting better, but not really that much better. Pitt's defense, going to give Georgia Tech's offense a ton of problems. Georgia Tech's defense, good enough to contain Pitt. I would be shocked. There's a reason this game has fallen three-plus points on the total already. Joey, question. How much better is Miami's defense than Georgia Tech's? Uh, when Miami is tackling or not? How much better is Miami's <laughs> defense than Georgia Tech's? Um, I'm going to go some better. I would some go better. Deci- decidedly better, but not like dominant as opposed to useless. 
Yep. Okay. That's fair. Um, you mentioned that Pittsburgh opened as a nine point favorite in this game. Pittsburgh scored nine points against that Miami defense last Saturday. 12, but yeah, count it. Pitt also made some horrific like goal line decisions there in that game too, which didn't help. They did. Um, okay. So (sighs) to me, if there's a problem in this matchup for Georgia tech's defense is that they're not going to be as good defending the run. They're not as good up front, the, the defensive line in particular for Georgia Tech. So stopping Pittsburgh's rushing attack, which seems to be where they're better, has been a problem. That's that's probably my biggest concern. Yeah, no, I think that's a valid concern. I mean, it's where Pittsburgh is better, but Pittsburgh also has not been consistent running the ball. Right. No. They have not at any point this year. Even in favorable matchups, they haven't been great running the football. Yeah. This hasn't been a consistent running attack like we're used to seeing out of Pittsburgh. Um, Kenny Pickett, by the way, throwing the football, he's been okay at times. He's been, you know, a little below average at times. It's been kind of a mixed bag there, quarterback. Offensively, Pittsburgh has not been very good. The strength has been their defense, which we've been waiting so long for the Pat Narduzzi defense to show up, Joey. It has showed up this year. It's been good. Um, But Pittsburgh's offense really hasn't been all that good as consistently as they would want in order to put themselves in position to – win the games that they should. Um, now, do I think they'll beat Georgia Tech on Saturday? Yes, I do. Do I think that they'll cover seven and a half? No, I don't. And I like the under in this game, Joey. Give me Georgia Tech to cover. It's homecoming in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd. Would not be shocked if Georgia Tech won this game outright. Joey, if Georgia Tech wins this game outright, they're going to be sitting at three and five. And all of a sudden, a bowl game doesn't seem too far out of the realm of possibility. Not saying it's, not saying it's a probable thing. It's going to be very tough. They still got to play Georgia at the end of the year. But it's not so far fetched out of the realm of possibility. Joey. Give me Georgia Tech to cover. I think Pittsburgh wins. I think they keep Georgia Tech out of bowl eligibility like we all expect them to. Um, But seven and a half is a lot of points right now, especially for a Pittsburgh offense that's struggling. A Georgia Tech defense that despite all their offensive woes this year, the defense has been somewhat competent all throughout the course of the season, which is really an accomplishment in and of itself with how bad the offense has been. With all that being said, the Georgia Tech offense has been better the last few weeks. I expect that to continue. I expect the defense of Georgia Tech to continue to play better. I think they keep this inside a touchdown, Joey. I like Georgia Tech to cover here, and I love the under. I'm with you on that. Mike, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I was telling somebody earlier today, this is going to sound absolutely asinine, but hear me out. The next four games for Georgia Tech are all conference games. I could give you a decent reason that Georgia Tech could win every single one of them, even knowing, even knowing what Georgia Tech has been through seven games this year, and even knowing that they lost to the Citadel. They play Pittsburgh at home, Virginia on the road, Virginia Tech at home, NC State at home. Like, (laughs) maybe this is just where. Maybe it's just where the ACC is right now, but like I could give you good reasons they could win every single one of those games. They could be six and five with Georgia coming to town. That is not. It's in play. I'm telling you, it's in play. It, and people are going to listen to this and be like, "You guys are out of your mind." It's definitely in play, Joey. It is it's not off the table. Nope. <laughs> win this game, Joey. Joey, Georgia Tech's been horrible this year. Win mm-hmm. this game on Saturday, and you're in it. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, you're in it. You're going to be playing in the freaking Sun Bowl against. God knows who. And wouldn't that just be the most ACC coastal thing that could possibly come out of this 2019 season? I mean, 
everyone's looking at how Georgia Tech is like a game and a half out of the lead in the division and trying to figure out how the hell that's possible. They're still they're still in play to go to the ACC championship. Yeah, that is not, it's not only possible, it's it's not like a one in twelve hundred chance either. Like there's like multiple mathematical <laughs> paths for that to happen. That's that's where we're at here. It'll yes. be going to November. Yes, Georgia Tech's bad. I mean, they're not very good. They're not good. Teams in front of them that aren't very good either. Virginia Tech's not very good. Duke's been really bad. Virginia Tech lost to Duke, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia Tech still gets to play Virginia Tech down the stretch, which mm-hmm. is good news for them. At home? Um, yes, at home, too. That's important. They get NC State, um, who is uh, bad. at home on a short week. Bad. Off Louisville. Who's probably going to beat them. They got to go to Charlottesville and play Virginia, which generally is bad, but... I mean, is Virginia scoring much in that game? Virginia sucks too, by the way. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Like, three of these four teams can't score, and the other one hasn't beaten Georgia Tech since the new head coach took over. Joey, who's who's the best team in the Coastal? We'll just go off the rails right now. Who's the best team in the Coastal? Week 10. Give me seven coins, and let me flip them a few times, and I'll come up with one of them. How about that? That's fair. That's fine. I mean, it... I would say I, I can't make an argument for Georgia Tech. I, I don't think I can make an argument for Miami. I could maybe make an argument for at least four of the other five. Joey, is it Virginia? Okay, your preseason pick was Virginia. Are you yep. taking Virginia or the field to win the Coastal? Uh, give me the field every yes, time. Yes, give me the field. That's what, exactly what, right. can't what, tell you who, but what, give me the field. Is it even money or what are the odds? Oh, God. Uh <laughs> Let's stop there. <laughs> Virginia two to one or the field at one to three. Um, yeah, still probably the field, honestly. God. Anyways, yeah, I'm with you. Georgia Tech and the under, I think, is the play here. Um, by the way, just and we mentioned this on the recap. This is a terrible spot for Pittsburgh. Um, yep. You just lost a game in excruciating, heartbreaking fashion at home to Miami. A game that you realistically had won or should have at least had a better chance to win and instead of some boneheaded play calling, you know, in goal line situations cost you. And now you gotta pick up and go on the road to a team that you know you're gonna beat because this is a year zero situation and this is kind of a dumpster situation and you're better than them. How do you get up for that game if you're Pittsburgh? All I'm saying is it's a bad spot. It's it's that only helps Georgia Tech's case in this game. So, outside of a touchdown, give me the Yellow Jackets every time. Uh, you changed my mind, Joey. Is that right? It's got to be you Pitt. Did. No, 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 it's not Pitt. <laughs> Joey, give me, give me Georgia Tech outright. Woo! Let's get a little crazy here. It's homecoming in Atlanta. I was thinking about it anyway. I, I love Georgia Tech inside a touchdown and a half. When I put the money on the game, it'll probably be Georgia Tech to cover. But for purposes of podcast, Joey, give me Georgia Tech outright. Hell yeah. Why not? So metal. Uh, by the way, Georgia Tech right now on the money line, plus 250. So bet $10, win 25 Yep. That, that'll cash. It's worth it, yeah. Or, you know, bet 20, win 100 if you're <laughs> NASA World Series bets. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to uh, take Tech outright. I, I don't, I still don't trust this Tech team enough, but I, I do like them against that number. So, yeah. All right. Georgia Tech plus seven and a half and uh, definitely the under. Um, oh, yeah. Can, can I just go ahead and like make that my pick of the week? Is that stealing? <sighs> stealing first? 
there are a lot of lines I like this week, so you can take it. Sweet. You got something else then. All right. I do. Good deal. Uh, yeah, give me under 44 and a half in this Georgia Tech game. I don't know how Pitt's going to score like 21 points in this, but I guess we'll find out. They play will. Do we want to breeze through uh, Clemson Wofford? Uh, we got one more before that. Uh, we can breeze okay. through probably both of them, though. Right. Although there is one, there's one thing we got to talk about here. The last game, twelve o'clock, ACC Network. The Boston College Eagles, the dudes, a three and a half point, a three point uh, yeah. underdog at, at Syracuse. Syracuse hasn't won a game in conference play, and they're favored in this game. I realize that Boston College is having problems. They, I mean, they haven't been really good on either side of the ball. They got a new quarterback playing the whole thing, but. Syracuse has been what some people would call um, ass, my dude. I wait, like, why is Syracuse favored here, Mike? Does that feel wrong to you? This reminds me of the Syracuse Maryland game at the beginning of the year, and I was like, man, that line feels really weird. It why stinks. is yeah? Why is Syracuse an underdog? Oh, now I know. Uh, Maryland hung sixty on them. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Joey, Boston College is better than Syracuse. I'm taking Syracuse to win this game outright. Outright, give me Syracuse. Uh, there's, I have no, once again, no rationale. Boston College is a better team. They're running the football well right now. They actually ran the ball okay, semi-okay against Clemson. Um, it was really the only source of offense they had. They can't throw the football at all. And against Syracuse, that doesn't matter because Syracuse can't stop anything right now. Um, Boston College's defense, bad. They're bad. Um, Syracuse's offense, also bad, but... I guess Syracuse has more avenues to win because they throw the football a little bit better than BC does, and maybe that's why they win. I don't know. But uh, give me the orange because it's a weird line, Joey. That's the only really really the only rationale I can give you. And I bet on Syracuse earlier this year in a weird line spot against Maryland, and I got embarrassed. I'm going to ride with Syracuse this time because they're on the other half of this weird line, in my opinion. Give me the orange. Mike, I'm with you. Yeah. Give me Syracuse out, outright uh, because I. It feels like Vegas is telling me something with this line. I agree, and it, it opened at two and a half, and it's up to three. Like, yep. Now, like that, I I don't feel great about either team here. I guess Boston College going on the road, having to pick themselves up after a, a pretty just decided crushing defeat by Clemson. There's some things to not like about Boston College here, as much as you don't really like Syracuse, but. I'm with you. Boston College's defense is soft enough that maybe this is the kind of thing that Dino Babers can figure something out against. As much as anything, though, what I will say that I really, really like in this game, Mike, the total 60. Give me the under. Where are the points coming from? Like, Syracuse's defense is better than its offense. Boston College's offense isn't all that good. Yeah. Especially with the new quarterback situation. Yeah, I, I'd lean under here as well. But like you said, BC has got a backup quarterback. Both defenses are not very good, but neither are the offenses. So don't take me over. Yeah. I, I really like the under here. So I, I'm with you. I think we're both on Syracuse outright. Well, I say outright. They're favored by three. Um, we'll take Syracuse to cover the three, I think, is fair. Um, this, at first look, it didn't really look right. But the more I think about it, I, I agree. Like, I don't know why. I, I think you just take Syracuse here to get their first ACC win. That, that feels weird and it feels wrong, but they're the home team. There's a lot of stuff working against Boston College here. Ride with them. Absolutely.
So we'll take the under, uh, under 60 in, as, as in particular. And then the last one, as you mentioned, Mike, 4 o'clock in the ACC Network. Clemson, a uh, you know, they're playing Wofford. I found one spread from, oh, what was it? It was uh, DraftKings, I think it was. They got Clemson minus 47. Like, that so is many so many points. Clemson. I, I'm taking. I'm still taking Clemson. I watched him in person, Joey, in Death Valley. Ain't nothing getting in the way of that train right now. I don't care. I don't care if you say they can't get up for a game against Wofford. They're 30 points better rolling the helmets out. So you're telling me they got to score like two and a half more touchdowns by trying a little bit? Give me Clemson. You got a better team to win by seven touchdowns, <laughs> like. I mean, I'm not bet. I'm not betting it. I'm just yeah, telling you. Give me Clemson. Yeah, um, I, I normally would. I'm I'm not going to. And don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Well, there's 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 two reasons I'm not going to. Number one, Wofford is five and two right now. Um, they're they're a functional team, and they I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they run the option. So they're they're going to run some clock. It's going to shorten the game a little bit. A. They can't get a first down against Clemson, dude. They're going to have less than ten first downs in this game. What's number two? Go. Number two, picks against FCS teams don't really count against our record this year. So okay, I'm, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So Shoot why the, the hell stars, not? Baby. Shoot for the stars. If you bet this game, this is on you. So I'm on a heater. Maybe I will bet this game. <laughs> so don't do it. Um, Wofford outright. What? Jeez. I man, you thought App State Michigan in Week One was bad. My goodness. I don't know what it would take for Wofford to win this game outright. That would be – I mean, that would be literal David versus Goliath. Like, the next time they come up with the Bible, that, that game would be in the Bible. Like, Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is 2,000 years from now. We're all dead <laughs> gone and rotten away pretty feet deep. We got, you know, somebody – you know, reading the Bible about this game. We got Wofford taking on Clemson, B.T. Potter in a quarterback for Clemson. Like, God help us. In the year of our Lord, 2019, the Terriers went to Clemson and won the game as a 47-point under. Yeah, anyways, don't yeah, do that. Went full, full kicker as a starting quarterback and still almost won. Yeah, you're. I mean, at this point, we're – what are we even talking about? Like forty-seven point favorite against an FCS team? Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? I don't know. Anyways, I'll, I'll take Wofford for the hell of it. You'll take Clemson because don't get in the way of the train. But just I watched him and I watched him in person and yeah. I mean, I like the SO Club. So give me Clemson. <laughs> they got real good Dr Pepper there. Yeah. All right, uh, my pick of the week, Mike. We already talked about this. I got the under forty-four and a half in Pitt, Georgia Tech. Um, I don't see points being scored there. You got a pick of the week here. So I'm going to be betting actually a good bit of the ACC games this weekend. I think at just your own judging, risk. Yeah, judging by these lines, I'm taking Wake Forest actually my seven and a half with some confidence. You know, we talked about NC State's defense really struggling um, offensively. You know, they haven't been really all that good either. Nothing to write home about. Even though Wake Forest defense is certainly one of the worst in the ACC. I don't see NC State scoring enough in this football game to keep this thing competitive. I like Wake Forest going away here. I said by 10 to 14 points, if it even got outside of that, it wouldn't surprise me, especially at home. Wake Forest coming off a bye week, getting a little bit healthier. I think this is a shoe-in game, um, a lock if you're betting on the ACC this weekend. If there's you know one or two games to bet, 
Uh, I think <laughs> this is in the top three bets. Two of them are coming from that Georgia Tech game. I, I like the under, and I like Georgia Tech to cover. Um, but if you're betting a third, you know, if you're placing a third bet on a game this weekend, I really, really like Wake Forest here to cover seven and a half. I, I just really don't have any confidence in NC State right now. And I look at this too, and, and I think we mentioned this, but again, the number here is 60. If I got to bet a side of that, I, I like the under. I mean, the implied score here yep. is like 30, 34-26 or something like that. I don't think NC State's yep. scoring 26 points in this game. And to be honest with you, Joey, it has to go under for NC State to have a chance. If this gets mm-hmm. into a shootout, I think that favors Wake Forest, certainly. Um, even though Wake Forest's defense hasn't been all that good, I don't think NC State's offense is good enough to keep up in a shootout. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> NC State's defense is going to have to get a lot of stops for this game to to kind of stay close, ultimately. Yep. So, I, I agree. It feels like I, I don't love the number outside of a touchdown, but I, I completely agree with the reasoning, and I, I won't be shocked if you're correct. And you've been on enough of a heater this year that I'm, I'm the idiot for trying to question that whole thing. So, I tend to agree. Okay. All right. So, also, bet on Syracuse. <laughs> I guess if that's that's a game you want to get into, <laughs> it's a game I'll get into. I'm on a heater. So. That, that's the ACC's version of UMass UConn. So at your own risk, you know, bet on either one of those teams right now. I guess it's a weird line, it, to say the least. Yeah. All right, under forty four and a half on Pitt Georgia Tech for me. Uh, Wake Forest minus the seven and a half against NC State for Mike. Those were our picks of the week. Mike, that's all I got on week ten. Anything else before you get out of here and go uh, watch these games? This is an interesting weekend in the ACC. Everybody's going to be locked in on Florida, Georgia. It's going to be a great game in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But if you want to watch a lot of interesting football this weekend, go check out some of the Group of Five games and watch some of these ACC games. I know it won't matter nationally, but it'll matter for this conference. So take a look at that. And, I mean, again, a lot of good Group of Five games this weekend. There is some intrigue in Week 10, and these are the weeks that get the most weird across the country. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Nobody thought Oklahoma was going to lose to Kansas State, and they found a way. So as loaded as last weekend was across the country, this weekend is quite the opposite. But there are going to be some good games out there and a lot of lines that are a little bit closer than a lot of people expected. So just keep an eye on that, and same is the case for the ACC. Mike, Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Florida. I feel like there's two picks here. Number one is either Georgia against the spread. Number two is Florida on the money line. Yeah, because I think if Florida keeps it within six, they're winning the football game outright. I am 100% with you on that, and Mm -hmm. I'll bet Florida. I'll probably bet Florida against the spread just to be safe, but like you said, Florida money line is really not a bad bet. Check out the odds and see what's in your favor there. You might get more value, and quite honestly, it won't be all that bad of a bet if you bet the money line because if they keep it inside a touchdown, pretty good chance they're going to win that game. I told myself for a couple of weeks now I really want to bet Florida in this game, but then I see the number, and I'm pretty confident that Vegas is begging me to bet Florida. So I that makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to bet Florida probably. But, I hey, I mean – Georgia's not exactly in war machine mode yet. Um, they lost to a South Carolina team, just lost by three touchdowns to Tennessee. There's, uh, man, a lot, there's, not, like a lot, there's not a lot about Georgia's offense that makes me think that they can definitely get a full touchdown of separation from Florida right now, especially with as good as Dan Mullen is, is coaching and calling plays on offense. 
I'll tell you what, Georgia losing to South Carolina and Georgia having a close game at home against Notre Dame, who just lost by multiple touchdowns against a Michigan team that quite honestly, not all that great offensively, really leaves a lot of questions to be asked. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say about Georgia. Um, Sounds like Florida's defense is going to be healthy too. Yeah. I mean, look, the SEC is loaded this year, but uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, with LSU and Alabama stealing all the highlights in the West and Auburn being pretty good, you look out in the East and it's Florida and Georgia. And you know what? I I think Florida might be a better football team with what I've seen over the course of the year. Um, if, if they had a little bit more experience at quarterback with Kyle Trask, I, I feel better about it. He just doesn't have enough starts really under his belt to make me – I know he's a veteran guy, but he just doesn't have enough starts under his belt to really make me feel all that confident he can beat Georgia. But we'll see. I think he'll keep it close. Yep. We'll see. We're an SEC football podcast now. Go Gators. Go Gators, that's right. To hell with Georgia. To hell with Georgia, that's right. All right, Mike, that's all I got on week 10. Uh, we got to get out of here. we got to go uh, watch these games and come back and recap them. Yep. All right. Well, in the meantime, the folks can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And most importantly, Mike, they can find us on the Anchor app, and we hope that they do so. Uh, Mike, they can find us. They can, <laughs> they can find us. They can send us their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man: Basketball Conference Podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. It's a little bit sloppy, but I'll take it. Uh, you want to tell them where they can find us on social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts here, Joey. Please do. We ask that you do, and we appreciate those who have. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on week 10 before we get out of here? Let's go watch these games, Joey. Interesting weekend ahead. Let's watch these games. Look forward to watching and recapping. We're finding more out about these teams, and the more we find out, the more we don't know. So that's a, uh, that's a good feeling for this time of the year. Who's winning the Coastal? Could be me. Could be. It could be you. It could be you. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy the games, and uh, we will talk soon. All right, bro. All right. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, and until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.